Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 59 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And these little podcasts, what I do is I randomly pull a topic out of my bag or rather Dennis does and then I just talk about it and have three rules which is no editing, no changing the topic and you've got 15 minutes to talk about it. So that's basically how the podcast works. There's a couple of topics I'd love to talk about. One of them is lucid dreaming because I'm still having lucid dreams but one of the topics in here is to talk about lucid dreaming so it'd be nice if that come out um, and also life drawing class because I've been doing life drawing I've just finished life drawing today it'd be nice to talk about that as well but it's not up to me what the topic is so Dennis is going to jump into the bag and you can find show notes and everything for this podcast at sophielawson.com and the podcast is also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson if you have any comments or anything or any questions or topics you'd like me to talk about you can send a message to sophielawson.com slash contact or you can leave a message in the comments on this video but Dennis has pulled out the topic looks like a purple one put that over there Dennis can sit in his little bowl Little Dennis. I wonder what the topic is. The topic is. Dun dun dun. Read one of your transgender diaries. Gender identity clinic visits starting at one. Hmm. Okay, this is a bit. This is a weird one. So, what I'm going to do on this one is go onto my website and I'm going to read read the transgender diaries because what I do is I go to a transgender clinic (laughs) no I don't I go to a gender clinic a gender identity clinic where I see a therapist I've been going there since 2014 so quite a long time now and I still I still go to the clinic every sort of two months but I haven't been writing about it since because what happened was my therapist she left to have a baby and when she left I sort of stopped writing about it on the website but I'm still I still write it handwrite it I just haven't been putting them on the website but what I'm going to do this podcast I'm going to read I've got to go to the transgender clinic <laughs> I'm going to start reading from the first one so this is going to be a bit of a different episode, really. I'm going to read the read the read the post, and as I'm reading it, I'll talk about what I'm reading, really. <laughs> so I'm going to start the timer. Dennis is going to come out. Boing. Got 15 minutes to talk about it. I think this is going to be a bit of a weird one. I think. But let's see what happens. So. My first ever visit to the gender clinic was on October the 23rd, 2014. And this is what I said. 
October the 23rd was a special but nervous day for me. It was my first visit to a gender clinic, the Lowell's Gender Clinic in Exeter. At the age of 34, I had never been face to face with professionals who deal with gender issues. So I didn't know what to expect. Early in the year, I spent a few months with a lovely counsellor named Heather who helped me so much. At the time, I was determined to start facing my social anxiety. See, even back then, I used to say my social anxiety. But what I've realised is, I started a course in 2016. Sam Schaefer's course about overcoming social anxiety. It's, I think it's called IOvercameAnxiety.com. But I'll put links in the show notes. And one of the things he said about was, it's not my it's not my social anxiety it is it is just a social anxiety so if i was to rewrite this diary entry i would take that out because it, it's not my if you're saying it's my social anxiety you're becoming it so you you got to stop associating with it that's something i've learned straight right off there it says i determined to start facing my social anxiety and I spent six weeks or so facing my demons like never before. I had a mini breakdown and cried so much, sobbing my eyes out in a way I never knew possible. Without seeing Heather each week during that time, I know I wouldn't have made it. I would have given up and tried to pretend yet again that I wasn't transgender. So this is right at the start when I was... I still, at that point, I still hadn't told anyone other than my mum and my sister. So that was, it's quite amazing how much you change, like over time. But that's quite amazing, that. <laughs> Sobbing my eyes out. That is amazing, that was, I've, I've got a little notebook somewhere where I was writing. Because all through the time, in all through that time, I was constantly writing. Because I knew, I had a feeling that writing was really important. So what I was doing was just writing out my feelings. And what happened was I was, I felt like I wasn't going to ever be able to overcome it. And I I remember just being, I I went a bit psychotic because I actually, I don't know why, I got so emotional. I took all my clothes off. At the time I had a bath because I was living in a house. I had a little house. And I just sat in the bath completely naked, crying my eyes out. I don't know what happened. I, I, that's how mental I got. In that, it was, it was crazy, proper crazy. And I, I remember just crawling around the floor, sobbing. It was, I was like, it was bonkers. It's, it was that close to going crazy. I think. That's the thing. That's the thing. That is the thing. When you're dealing with something proper mental, like deep, a deep issue, you are gonna, you have to some. I think you have to accept that you're going to go right to the edge of like what what you're capable of handling. And I think that is that is why some people commit suicide and stuff is because they go they go there and they just it, it like a little little bit more over the edge and you would you wouldn't have made it I don't think. But it said during that time with Heather I would sit on the edge of the cliffs near, nearby looking out to the ocean at night just listening to the waves hitting the rocks. 
looking to the stars and trying to make sense of it all. That was beautiful, that period. I'm, one, one time I went up the park around the corner and I just, I just lied on the grass looking up and I'm, just, I'm sure I saw a load of bats flying across the sky. It looked like bats. I think I saw some bats last night as well, coming in from work. <laughs> it took a long time, but I was determined to crack this puzzle inside of me. Heather mentioned about a gender clinic in Exeter called De Lowell's, and after a few weeks of umming and ahhing, and that umming and ahhing is me conflict with the fear, where the fear is saying, don't go to the gender clinic, and like your heart or something is saying, go to the clinic. So you're battling those two. Like, the fear is always trying to stop you. That's enough. That's why you end up going crazy, I think, because the fear, it tries to stop you. I'm sure... That, sounds a bit weird. I'm, I'm sure we've I'm sure we've got two... Oh, there's so much I'd love to talk about. I'm sure we've got two spirits inside of us. Because I'm still looking into, like, ancient civilizations and stuff. And one of them with the... This, the um, Archons, I think, with Osiris and stuff. Apparently, it sounds more and more like AI when I look into it. And apparently, what happened was one of these, like they are like the gods, but they're not. They're not like the god god. They are like gods to us because they created us. But what they did was they mixed us. They mixed some of their DNA with, like the humans that were on the earth. So really simple human beings probably like apes or something and these god things which came down to earth they created they created us as being slaves and they mixed one of them one of them one of the gods basically sacrificed himself or themselves and then put their blood into the dna of all of the creatures on all of the humans on earth so so when i look at that and that makes sense to me in in what i've because I've said to my gender therapist a lot, I've always felt like there's two spirits in me, and like one, was, I always thought one was Sophie and one was Kevin, and it's battling. But I, I don't know if it is that anymore. But because what I, I I look at that and I think one of one of them, which I think is like the one pure, the pure bit of you, is like that ape creature that is on the earth that was always on the earth, and then this other thing that's inside of you. I think it could be a piece of that God, which it then goes, because when they, a lot of spiritual things, they say when you die, you go back to source. And like there's, there's this one consciousness and we're all part of it. So I start thinking that one consciousness is the original God that sacrificed themselves and put themselves inside each of us. But it is like an AI. All it is is an, an AI system in the virtual reality is, is mad you should really look into it it's fascinating the more you look into the past the more it feels like the future to me which is weird but after a few weeks of umming and ahhing I finally went to the doctor and asked if I could be f- referred to the clinic and I was but for months I heard nothing in fact I sort of wrote it off as maybe it wasn't meant to be and secretly, I was scared to go anyway. <laughs> That's what I said about the fear thing. <sighs> there was there was a fear bit of me that didn't want to go. 
So when I didn't hear for months, I kind of was a bit happy, but this is where there's so many synchronicities. There's been so many synchronicities since I started drawing, and one of them is this. So then, in September, my sister asked if I wanted to go London with her, and I said yes. This was due for the 25th of October, and only a few days later I received a letter from the clinic asking if I could go for initial appointment on the 23rd. <laughs> but what's amazing about all of this is, the day the letter dropped into my letterbox, it was the, it was the, the day that I'd quit my job of 12 years. It like, it just felt like perfect. But it's also one of these weird things where, because I said like last week, I said about how this transition is distracting me from my art. Because when I quit that job, I was fully focused on going into my art. And then all of a sudden this letter come in. This letter, that gender clinic changed everything really. If I hadn't gone to that gender clinic, I don't think I would have transitioned. So that this was probably one of the most important bits of my life really. It says, I went... I got trained to Exeter and had my sketchbook with me and got there an hour or so early. I got lost for 20 minutes, but a delivery fan driver pointed me in the right direction. And then I finally sat outside on a bench and sketched for 20 minutes or so. I then, I then made my way to the clinic and rang the doorbell. <laughs> I then they let me in and I got lost again. <laughs> this was funny. There was an arrow pointing for the laurels. And it's pointing into the lift. So I went into the lift and hit the button for the ground floor. I was in the lift for about two minutes before I realised I was already on the ground floor. <laughs> and the lift wasn't moving. That was quite funny. So then I come out. <laughs> yeah. So I opened the doors and looked at the sign. It was pointing into the lift. So I got back into the lift and thought I was going crazy. I came out and then a lady walked past and she guided me to reception. Which was hidden around the corner. I'm sure somebody messed the signs up. It was you were supposed to go around there, but so I was stood in the lift for like ages. Like uh, <laughs> that was funny. I went in and there was a nice vibe in the place. What's that noise? There was a nice vibe in the place. I've lost my place. I was nervous, but you could just feel it was going to be okay. I sat with some ladies. I think they were family members to their transgender daughter. Then the lady who was seeing me came out and off we went for a chat. I felt really comfortable talking to her right away and she asked me questions about my childhood, dealing with being transgender. We also said about how we should set up a website for transgender people to find girlfriends who don't mind their boyfriends being trans. Such a good idea, we deserve love too. Yes, we do. I've always thought that a transgender person is it yeah, it's quite it's quite I've always been a bit confused as to whether yeah, like cuz I always thought a bloke would not want to go out with a transgender person and a girl would not want to go out with a transgender person. So then I've always felt like who would want to go out with a transgender person? I've always thought that, but there must be somebody, because there is. So, anyway, <laughs> we spoke about anxiety. 
She said, many, many transgender people suffer from anxiety. And I think that's when I started to realise that I would only get over my anxiety once I fully dealt with my transgender issues. This is the thing, they've been linked. My whole life, social anxiety and transgender has been linked. They've been two separate things, but they've, they've constantly been interlinking. So I know that's one of the biggest confusions and still confused about like social anxiety and stuff. But that might seem obvious now, but I needed to hear that from her to put two and two together. I also explained how I have always been confused as to if I am male or female, as I've never fully felt like either. I feel more female than male in my soul. But I'm pretty sure when I leave this universe, I will be leaving as a female spirit. But then I, st- I do still like some of being male. Yes, that's a confusion. Confusion. She asked me if I'd ever looked into non-binary. I said I'd never heard of it. I'd heard of gender fluid, whereby you sometimes feel female, sometimes male, or sometimes neither. I'd ended up thinking that explains me best. And non-binary appears to be in the same area as gender fluid. I think now they're both the same thing. I think it's just a a different label for the same thing. That's what I think. When she said that though, something started to click inside of me. I thought to myself, maybe that's why I've struggled so much trying to work out if I'm male or female all all these years. I started to realise I was trying to stick myself into either being male or female. And it just, was, it just wasn't going to ever work because I am neither and both. I really started to feel like something changing inside of me when we talked about non-binary. That's like a paradox. And again, this kind of goes into the gods. If you look into the, the gods, the gods, a lot of the gods are, and angels are non-binary basically they are not gendered like our spirit is non-gendered convinced of that so yeah why are we why why are we gendered i've got five seconds i've got a little bit left to read alarm's going off bing i think that as well why are we gendered like do animals do animals look at each other and realize that some are male and some are female and do animals think about being gendered or is it just a human thing (laughs) oh it's not recording oh no the video stopped recording that's what that noise was technical issues (laughs) i now know what the sound was the sound was the camera running out of space. So a lot of this video podcast isn't going to be on the video. So I'll have to find something to record. But I've got a little bit left. But I I do wonder whether animals realise that they're transgender. <laughs> animals are not transgender. I wonder if animals are transgender. Imagine if humans are the only thing that aren't transgender. That would be quite funny. So if I finish this off, it says, it was just nice to know that I'm not the only one who is in the place of trying to make sense of my gender. 
It was just really interesting that day. The hours seemed to fly by. We also spoke about my old cat Kess and my love for cats. In fact, my female name is Sophie after my first little pussy cat named Sophie when I was a kid. It turns out she loves cats as much as me. My therapist, she adores cats as well. And I left there wishing and hoping we will be friends because she seems like the nicest person in the world. I go back in January after the Christmas break. I really can't wait. It's so nice to be around other people like myself and people who know where I'm coming from. It's going to be interesting to see where these visits lead. And that was the first ever transgender clinic visit. The next one took place on the 8th of October, the 8th of January 2015. And I called that one the connecting with my gender therapist visit. But that was quite, I think that was quite fascinating. hope so. I've, there's a little quote on here as well where I said, I was scared but excited. Excited that I was given this opportunity for I love the thought of being able to talk to other transgender people and maybe make some true friends but scared because I knew this was going to open up the transgender can of worms big time, right before going to London. And it did. Like I said, that letter changed everything. But to me, my therapist, my original therapist, she's like an angel to me. I feel like she was a gift from the universe. I've never met anyone who was so perfect for me she was the perfect she was the perfect person so I'll do another goal (laughs) but that's basically it I hope you enjoyed that and I'll put the topic back into the bag and one day that might come out again and I will carry on reading these and basically that's it so that's it for this week's episode sorry about the issues with the video what i'm going to do the mute the moon is looking beautiful outside tonight so what i'm going to do i'm actually going to take my camera out and i'll just i'll film the moon and when the camera run out i'll put the moon so if you want to see the moon um go on to youtube at youtube.com slash sophie lawson and I'll put show notes and everything in the website at sophielawson.com. Basically, that is it. So this week's quote, what I'm going to do, I've got a book here. About, it's a book about colour therapy. And I picked it up in the second-hand shop for a quid. And it's all to do with how different colours make you feel different. So it's kind of like a... It's a it's a spiritual book about colours, which I think is amazing because in the future when I start painting and doing my digital drawings and stuff and adding colour, I'm going to be able to see how different colours change the way you feel. So this is like, I've got books on colour theory for, for like an artist, but I thought it was really quite interesting to know that colour is kind of related to spiritual as well. So this is a really interesting book and I'm going to go to a page and I'll just pull out a quote and well this is the quote then 
So the quote is going to come from this book, which is by Sue Lilly. And the book is called Colour Therapy. And the quote is going to be about the colour black. And it, this is this is going to be a bit of a long quote, I think. No, it's not. I'm going to pick the first little bit. Spiritually, black represents the exploration of the depths of the mind. <laughs> what was we talking about today? Going into the depths of the mind. And like when you go to the extremes, which is that place where you go, you're that close to being crazy. You're that close to going into a psych, psychic ward or something. That's where you you are going to the depths of the darkness. So I quite like that. Spiritually, black represents the exploration of the depths of the mind. Sue Lily.